This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Why does love, the absence of love, the end of love, the need for love, result in so much violence? It was all waiting to happen before it happened. You could look back and follow the breadcrumbs along the path that led to violence. We know that we've not imagined these attacks. We know that we are bruised and terrified. Hope for the unknown is good. It's better than hatred of the familiar. We cannot endure any more violence. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. It's an episode of Stuff We Missed. And today we're talking about a film that we missed, not because we wanted to. We were all actually looking forward to it. It was deeply well-received last year. It just never made it to the big screen here in Malaysia. And that is Women Talking, which is written and directed by Sarah Polly. It's a great film. I'll start off by saying that it's a really good film. It tells a really important story. Um, I will say, though, that I won't recommend it lightly to people. Um, there are some movies that we talk about that end up feeling that way, right? Like, I need to tell people you need to be in the right headspace. You need to be aware that it's going to be, um, I suppose, take a lot of wherewithal to sit through something like this and not have it deeply bother you. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's not absolutely worth your time once you get in that headspace. Oh, 100%. 100% worth your time. It's a very, very good film. Um, I think like anyone with any bit of empathy will find this a very, very, very difficult thing to watch also. Um, and also, I think like there are rarely movies that have a singular purpose, right? Like movies normally, they're like, oh, we'll entertain you, but then we'll also have like some commentary. And if we have a message, then we'll deliver that message with the entertainment. I think Women Talking is designed to carry a very specific message about violence and, and sexual violence. And it's important to know that going in. Um, it's not there to entertain at all. That's not its purpose. Um, and it's not an easy watch. Um, and I think if you know that going in, if you're someone who likes to have conversations about movies, then you really need to watch this movie. It's incredibly well made, right? I mean, it's it's well made mm. in the sense that it's written well, it's acted and directed beautifully, it's scored so amazingly, but it is not for everybody. And I think that that is actually okay because um, probably best to start with the premise, gives everybody a sense of what they're dealing with. So Women Talking is a film that is based on a novel that itself is based on a true story um, in which women in an isolated Mennonite community um, you don't even know what year it is actually until you find out midway through that it's actually quite close to to current times. Mm. Uh, but the way they live could be from the, the the late 1800s. It's, you know, just without technology, they're far away from everybody. And essentially for years, attacks have been, sexual attacks have been perpetrated against these women. They're incredibly violent. Um, they're women, young and old, children, and they've all been living with this and been told repeatedly that they're imagining it, um, that because they were drugged, oh, you know, it didn't happen or it was the devil. And so they've been essentially gaslit. They've, they were gassed, attacked, and then gaslit. And 
now their attackers have been taken to the nearby town, but they will return. And in the interim before they return, a group of women take a vote and subsequently have to decide between a tight decision about whether they are going to stay and fight for their right to be in the community or leave. Because they find that they can't forgive the men because that was the other Mm. choice. It's interesting that we're talking about this after watching 12 Angry Men yesterday, right? Because in a weird way that we ourselves didn't plan for and didn't realise, this becomes a movie about negotiation and reaching a consensus as well. Uh, But in a much more difficult and almost immediate sense because the people are deciding for themselves what they want and what would best suit not just their interests, but their very safety. Uh, their way of life, yeah. actually. Is this a life they mm. want to continue yeah. having? Um, it's so interesting, especially because of what um, you know what you just pointed out, Lynn, that uh, initially you're under the impression that you're watching a sort of discussion happening in a different time where women are almost um, having the kind of arguments in, women in many communities might have had as they first realized they could take agency, they had agency, take charge of their lives. And then you realize, no, actually, this is happening almost closer to our day. It's worth mentioning that the women are illiterate. Yes. Yeah. There's this yeah. really great line, um, I'm paraphrasing, where they say, uh, we couldn't read, but that day we learned to vote. Um, and it was very powerful. Um, it's also very painful to watch, but that title, Women Talking, actually is explored in so many ways throughout the film. I think what I appreciated the most is how the movie focuses purely on the results of violence and not the acts of violence themselves. Yes. Like like we've talked about this before, right? Like how movies have the tendency to eroticize sexual assault and, and rape. Like Game of Thrones did this quite a lot in the earlier seasons, especially. And Women Talking is only interested in showing you the effects of violence. Uh, it doesn't care about the abusers. It doesn't care about showing you the abusers or the intent of the, abu- uh, the abusers. Um, and I like that because most movies are afraid to show that. Uh, it's always sugar-coated. It's always stylized. But it's the truth, right? And, and that's the kind of movie that this is. It's not trying to... It, it doesn't pull any punches. But at the same time, a lot of it is actually implied, you know, without showing you explicitly what happened. And I think that that was actually a point of criticism when the movie came out, but I think that it was the correct decision because the yeah. the absence of the violence, but living with the aftermath of it, I think leaves you feeling that sense of violation and emptiness that you need to have a little bit in order to understand what exactly they're talking about and what the stakes are. And I think that it's uh, one of the things that struck me about this film is that the similarities it shares with 12 Angry Men are quite clear. Um, you know, 12 Angry Men, women talking, trying to reach a consensus, trying to talk about acts of violence. But they're also the film is also not necessarily invested in, um, in not being poetic, maybe is the easiest way to put it. The way that people talk, um, the way that they're discussing things like faith and forgiveness and kindness, um, they're very, very abstract. And they stay abstract for great lengths of time before somebody actually drags it back down to, you know, they're coming back, they'll sell our horses. And when they sell our horses, we won't be able to leave. 
actually, so Rooney Mara's character, right? Ona. Um, Ona, who um, is given to these very um, sort of heartfelt, but what to many other characters feels like idealistic and unrealistic pronouncements. And overly intellectual. Yes. Um, honestly, you sort of feel it sometimes too, because you wonder like, actually, what are you talking about? Like, do you know what these women, clearly you know what these women have been through. Why are you sort of making these remarks that feel a little bit out of touch with what everyone else is feeling? But then actually the point of that being when we when we say women talking, what this movie makes very clear is that everyone should get that space to talk. And in the end, that's what the point of the movie for me at least was, that if you are creating a, a world where you want equality and just treatment, then everyone who's involved in that should get a say. And the movie makes that point so well and so beautifully. Um, I did want to say that actually, to your point about um, the violence that's not shown, it doesn't need to show it, no? It's so clear. Yeah. Like, you feel so... You feel it in the pit of your stomach when you realise what's happening. I only bring it up because it was a central criticism of yeah, some. Which and I, I was just shocked by it. when I watched the movie because I thought, actually, why do you? Why is that something people have been pointing out? I'm glad that the movie didn't choose to go that in that direction. Oh, same. Like, even the implied stuff is nauseating. It's like, uh, like what am I, what am I watching? Um the thing is, right, the solution to the problem in the movie, like should the women stay or fight or leave, is very easy for us as the audience, like outside looking in. Yeah. Um, and so you, I don't know, like I've, in the first 10 minutes, you kind of decide like what the logical solution is. But then there's still 90 minutes of movie left and they're still talking. And then you realize that it's a much more complex problem. Like there are familial aspects, like some of the women have teenage sons, uh, infant children, uh, there are religious aspects. And like these women have never seen the world beyond their compound. They can't read. They use like celestial navigation. I mean, complex celestial <laughs> navigation to, to, you know, find their way, right? Uh, I think that's like the beauty of this movie. It's, it's the driest setting, the most monotonous setting. But there are so many layers to unravel to a supposedly straightforward problem. And... I think in the middle of the talking, in the middle of the acts of implied violence, there's also a celebration of the life that they have, um, a recognition that actually for even for the angriest of them, even for the most injured, and they could all claim to be the angriest, they could all claim to be the most injured, um, it's not easy to leave. It's a, it's a life that they love with people that they love, but who have also been affected by what they are now recognising is a perversion of power, right? Because that's something they outright say, and it's something the movie says at the beginning, that while the women were most overtly victimised by this situation, they're not alone. Um, the, the men and boys would likely not have committed these acts, and they are acts of severe sexual violence, uh, if not for the system under which they live. No, absolutely. And uh, it also becomes even worse when you realise that this was based on a true story, right? Yeah. Uh, this was based on real events that happened in the Manitoba colony in uh, Bolivia. Bolivia. Uh, but of course, the movie does take care right at the beginning to tell you that while the premise is real, what the movie shows you is an imagining. And I think there was something quite depressing about that because... Uh, in a weird way, this movie that is already incredibly difficult to watch is the best case version of what reality was. And that mm. actually is a cold, cold wash of reality. And I actually don't know what's worse. Like, you know, like setting that divide between like, this is a movie that's more about, it's not about sex or lust. It's about purely about power and violence and greed. 
I honestly don't know. It's both horrible, but I think the way the movie divides that and tells you like which is which and what's the difference is very very clever also and it gets straight to the point and there's no way to actually even watching right there's no way to mix up or confuse the two. It's it's a very um it's a very confident movie lah. I think like it knows exactly what it is saying and it doesn't mince words. It also lets you know right away that the women are illiterate and they're powerless but they're smart. Mm. And, and there's a yes. reason why you should be committed to watching Women Talking, uh, which is the film that we're discussing today. Let us know, have you watched it yet? What do you think? Uh, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Because friends matter. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I want to stay and fight. But won't we lose the fight to the men and be forced to forgive them anyway? I want to stay and fight too. No one's surprised that you do. All you do is fight. Is this really how we are to decide the fates of all the women in this colony? Just another vote where we put an X next to our position? I thought we were here to do more than that. You mean talk more about forgiving the men and doing nothing? Everything else is insane. But none of you will listen to reason. Well, why are you here with us? Why are you still here with us if that is what you believe? Just leave with the rest of the do-nothing women. She is my daughter, and I want her here with us. Is forgiveness that's forced upon us true forgiveness? Keep nonsense like that to yourself, please. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila Arvin. Today, we're doing a review of something we missed uh, because it just didn't come to the big screen. And that is Sarah Polly's Women Talking. So I've mentioned Sarah Polly a couple of times. We've talked about the writing. I think we really do need to talk about the cast because it is an incredible ensemble cast. I mean... Any movie that has Frances McDormand producing and showing up for like two minutes is a flex, right? Like that tells you the depth of female talent you have on screen. If you can just toss Frances McDormand a scar and like yes, a couple of and minutes. And like one line. Exactly. Uh, because this film, let me tell you, friends, this film has Rooney Mara, it has Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, um, well... Frances McDormand, it's got Ben Wishaw, it's got Judith Ivy. It's just got a lot of really world-class actors. Yes, and all doing such a great job. I Like, listening to that clip just now, I was also thinking about how in the movie, it got a little difficult to initially unravel who's related to whom and what their relationships are with each other. And I think that has to do with the way the women play these characters, right? I mean, many of them are mothers and daughters. Um, many of them are obviously close friends. But there's a there's a sense of interconnectedness that these women manage to bring to their performances where everyone is simultaneously filled with empathy and a deep knowledge that everyone shares this trauma. But on the other hand, they're all very individual as well. Uh, so some of it is the dressing. Yes. They're yeah. dressed, uh, the, the women who are related are dressed in the same in fabrics. In the same fabrics. Yeah, that's right. It also, it, it works like a, like a play, right? I mean, everything is, um, I wouldn't say like dramatic, but it's very, it's very straight and powerful and loud. And I also was wondering if the casting is so on purpose, and I don't know what you guys think. Most of these actors are very, we're used to seeing them play way more powerful characters. Um, the Claire Foy's, the Jesse Buckley's, and then you see them, Francis McDormand, and then you see them in this movie playing characters with suppressed power. Who've been Actually, very, very, very I, I suddenly remember that Rooney Mara was in Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and that kind of yes. blew my mind because like, talk about opposite characters. 
they no they all playing opposite characters if you like just looking at the imdb pages right and i don't know if that was on purpose because they are able to show like you know what happens when you oppress and and how they you know come out in that way but all like fantastic performances like all around all of them flow so well so i i feel the need I, i don't know if this is fair i feel the need to make a sell for the movie partly because i i think if you hear the premise if you listen to us talking and we've said the word difficult and tough and you know demanding like several times over now this may not be a film that you want to watch and i think that that would be a waste so i don't think it's for everyone i don't think that it's necessarily the kind of thing you can casually decide to put on i'm in a great mood i just came back from a party <laughs> let's watch women talking like that's not the thing i would recommend but i feel like if you love good movies if you appreciate that kind of soul scratching satisfaction of watching a film that makes you feel a lot and that makes you think a lot and in which i don't think it actually puts a foot wrong then women talking's pretty tremendous it is and i would also say that actually it's the kind of movie that only till only in the third half a third uh, sorry the, th- the, the third third the third <laughs> third um does it actually become clear what the entire awful story is um and it's that kind of movie right it like gives you a little by little by little so there's a sense of mystery there's a sense of dawning realization but only towards the end do you realize what exactly the beginning was alluding to um and there's something about it it's for a movie that's really again just people sitting around mostly talking you never get bored I also think it's a fairly immersive uh, movie. So I think like like the best way to watch women talking is to pretend like you're a participant in this secret meeting that the women of this colony are having. Mm. Um and think about how you would respond to certain votes of confidence or, or certain ideas that are put out because it's I think it's very likely that the movie will guilt trip you into saying something that or about someone that you'll regret by the next scene. Um it's very clever at getting you to <laughs> yeah. quote unquote victim question like why do you stay or why do you forgive why do you why don't you do something why are you still choosing to let the men tag along you know why is that an idea um and that's part of the movie right to to realize that there's a lot more story to the story that you're not seeing or you haven't seen yet i think it also is a discombobulating experience and part of it is uh, we're, we're mentioning these names right and firstly the acting is tremendous the acting is very good the acting is deeply convincing mm. and very heartfelt and actually a very physical performance from many of them so that's one thing but the other thing is because these are people you know and because these are familiar faces there is a part of you that thinks just leave um you can leave yeah. you know you you can just go and and see the world and the movie uh just as it guilt trips you uh is also constantly reminding you you know they haven't seen a phone right you know that mm-hmm. they haven't actually you know they can't read you recognize that even you know them going and starting a new colony is still going to be based on many of the principles that informed this colony in which all these things happened to them you are aware of these things right and the movie celestial reminds you celestial navigation celestial <laughs> navigation first time they see a map is the night before they decide maybe that they're going yes. to leave you know yeah. it, it's a very intense experience and the the film is smart about not knocking you over the head with it but at the same time reminding you of what the stakes are in in very clever ways well actually speaking of why not leave uh, ben wishaw's character august is heartbreaking also heartbreaking he plays it so well i mean being the sole 
important male character amongst this brilliant cast of women uh, not being more than he is but ho- holding just that amount of space but also he's an important part of that question why doesn't he leave why did he choose to come mm. back um, and I think that speaks to how actually it's very difficult for people who come from a community like this to leave where would they go what would they do and and that I, I think was heartbreaking and also to learn like why he doesn't want to leave oh that's yeah. another that's a whole other painful subplot lah um i have a question and i honestly don't know and now i'm confused after his performance and his performance is so good ben wishaw is not american right he's not he's oh british yeah <laughs> actually a f- Sarah Polly is British, right? Sarah Polly is a Canadian. Canadian, I see. Because I, I could not figure it out. There are so many British actors in this. Yeah, um, I think mm. primarily also because this community of people are not necessarily anything, right? They, they draw their roots to uh, Germany, I believe. Yeah. That was a... I, yeah, listening to his accent, I was like, no, I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I wasn't sure about any of them. <laughs> okay, guys, sure. when in doubt, Ben Wishaw, Paddington. Just remember that and you will be <laughs> okay. Paddington. Um, and that is the balm we need as we conclude our review of Women Talking, which is um, a difficult film, but we all really, really yes. enjoyed it's wrong. We, we thought it was a good film. We recommend it, yes? For sure. Take a Highly bit of time, watch it. it. Okay. Yes. We've been talking today about Women Talking, uh, written and directed by Sarah Polly. Let us know. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. The score is very good. I wanted to mention that earlier, that it's Hildur Guanadotter, who we would know from a variety of scores. It's an excellent score. Okay, anyway, now we're done. Uh, we've been talking today about Women Talking. Let us know if you've watched it, if you plan to. WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.